Hello everyone and welcome to another podcast session, <laughs> another Bible study essentially. Um, today we're looking at the question, why isn't he here yet? And it's just a, just an answer, sort of a response to the question or to the debate about where is the promised return of Jesus, where is his second coming, why isn't the day of the Lord here yet? And <clears throat> In Second Peter three, um, verses three to nine. Well, it's all of Second Peter three. Essentially, is the Apostle Peter giving a clear and a direct um, response to to these um, arguments. So we're just going to essentially just go through those scriptures and examine them and just find out what's going on. Really, where is Jesus? Why isn't he here yet? There's so much suffering going on. Why hasn't he come back? Um. So, verses three to seven says. Knowing this first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days scoffing, following their own sinful desires, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. And they put forward this argument as if to say that God will not intervene in history. So there are people who think that because God's sentence, or that is God's judgment or the day of judgment is not speedily executed it must mean that it will never be executed and so they use this as an opportunity to continue in their evil works and to say you know what you guys should join us this is a world without end and they argue uh, well supporting evidence for their claim is apparently the fact that all the people that um, God made these promises to are all dead so Abraham and Co essentially are dead and if they didn't see the promise then you know what who knows we'll, maybe we'll, we'll never see it so if, if the promise was not made good in their time there's no way we're ever gonna see that promise but if you read Hebrews Hebrews tells us I think it's Hebrews I think it's either 11 or 12 and if you read in depth it says they saw the promises from afar and it gave them even more faith so that's this argument is essentially a silly argument so what they're saying is that because all things have continued in the same way since creation and the world has not changed since then then god will never intervene in history and essentially yeah that's this judgment day this second coming is all rubbish it's never gonna happen but peter responds to this he says they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of god and that by means of these the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished but by the same word the heavens and earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly so those verses he's talking about the flood in the days of noah that was a time that god intervened in history and using that example peter demonstrates that god is actually capable of intervening in history and god is capable of fulfilling his promise to intervene again and bring once more another day of judgment for the earth and people who argue or who raise these arguments willfully ignore that god has indeed done something like this before and he will indeed do it again and this ignorance gives them no innocence so peter continues in subsequent verses he says do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the Lord a day is as one thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Okay, so although we often take this to mean that a day is a thousand years to God, it's not necessarily like that. The key point this illustrates is that God is sovereign over time. 
That's what Peter is trying to say. God is sovereign over time. His perspective on time is different from ours. We don't um, perceive time in the same way. Now, it may seem to you like ages since Jesus left 2,000 years ago, long time ago, and promised to return. But to God, he probably doesn't see it the same way. You see, Jesus says, the same way you saw me ascend into heaven, it's the same way you see me return. The past, present, and future are ever before God. So what we may consider as um, Jesus being slow to return is actually his patience that all should receive the gift of salvation the, the so-called delay in judgment is just a sign of god's mercy and his his his, his long suffering towards unbelievers and believers who have been led astray by false teachers jesus definitely desires to return to come back and you know be united in eternity with all those who have loved and served him faithfully on earth but the fact that he's not here yet doesn't mean that he's never gonna come there is a popular proverb in my language that says it means that the slowness of the tiger's hunt is not actually because it's slow. When a tiger slowly and silently um, stalks or watches its prey before attacking, it's not because it's afraid, it's actually because it's waiting for the opportune moment. It's the same with God. The day of the Lord will come suddenly and you know, God is waiting for the most opportune moment to return. So right now God is waiting and watching. He's waiting for time to ripen the harvest. He's waiting for the elect to be completely chosen before he truly returns. And that proverb is actually used to illustrate that there is wisdom and patience. You know, there's much wisdom in the patience of God. John 3.16 is a very popular verse. It says, God so loved the world that he gave his son for it. What a waste. It would be a waste if God didn't then afterwards, after giving his son, didn't have any patience for the world to actually receive his son. So God is not willing that any should perish. And knowing this truth, Peter, um, the apostle Peter further, um, you know, speaks, speaks to us in the next verses on how we should behave so he says verses 11 to 12 say since all these things are thus to be dissolved what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of god because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn the first thing i i got really out of this and this is one of my favorite um verses in in second peter 3 is that we can hasten the day of the Lord. So our actions matter. How can we hasten? To hasten something is to bring bring it forth quickly. We can speed up the time. And I, I was thinking, how can we do this? Do this? And, I, and then just studying scriptures, just God just spoke to me that you can, we, we can as believers, hasten the day of the Lord through evangelism, through prayer, and through obedience. The more evangelism, the more we preach the gospel, the more we get the gospel out there, the more we continue to give give the opportunity for people to hear about the word of God. The quicker it will be, and then all of the earth will hear the word of God. And through our prayers and through our obedience as well, if we are obedient to the instructions of God, that also hastens the day of the day of the Lord. And so P Peter is essentially telling us that we ought to live lives of um, holiness and godliness in anticipation of his return. So verses 14 to 15 say, Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him. And verse 17 says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. This was something we were talking about previously in, in his time. To take care is to watch and pray. We should always keep watch. 
we must keep a strong hold of our actions of our activities we, we all have our weaknesses we can all be easily swayed if we don't stand firm on the truth we know in our hearts so we must be careful not to get carried away thinking that the day of the lord cannot be tomorrow or even this next very the very next moment we must be careful not to be carried away with the error of lawless people so these arguments the argument that because um abraham and co are dead and the promises were never fulfilled to them means that god is not coming is an error is error of lawless people who think in this way they have evil in their hearts to consider such a thing really so we should not lose our own stability following after such arguments we must be careful not to get carried away by such thinking so to answer the question in short the truth is it's not really much of a question the day of the Lord isn't here because its time isn't yet when the time is now then you will experience the day of the Lord you've heard it said that delay is not denial and that cannot be more true than in this particular situation so don't let people tell you that Jesus isn't coming back anymore he is and I pray for you today that even as you have heard this your faith will be even more built up and you'll be more encouraged that one day Jesus is coming back to bring peace to our earth and to take his elect who have been serving him faithfully and we'll all be united with God in eternity in Jesus name Amen